seriously, as I said, I think the solution is simple. No, seriously, you said seriously. No, so I did say seriously. So say it seriously. I did say it seriously. It's simple, but it really isn't easy. Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 24. So, what have you been up to? Have you done anything to help you get better at something since the last episode? We covered some productivity tips in that episode and they were ones that I can personally vouch for. But what if you're not me? I mean, to be fair, the chances are probably quite high, really, of you not being me. Lucky you. But what if you do different things to what I do? In this episode, we're going to look at how to put some of the productivity ideas that we talked about in the past into action. And we're going to focus on real-world stuff, this time specifically around that kind of area where there can be a conflict between work and family or home life. If you've got kids or you're a working mum or dad or a single parent or you've got a blended family, often we'll have similar problems, ranging from big problems like the whole work-life balance thing to small problems like getting the right coloured pencil case and everything else in between. So we thought it'd be helpful to take some of the theory that we've covered in previous episodes and work out how to apply that in the real world to working parents. They're not just our ideas, we'll be looking at contributions from names that we've talked about before, people like Charles Duhigg, Peter Bregman and David Allen. And this time around it's a joint effort because Lisa is going to be my counterpart ensuring that I'm kept grounded. So let's crack on with schedules, school runs and sandwiches. But most of this week watching Toast of London, so I will be regularly going Dante <laughs> into the microphone. So anyway, we're sitting here at the kitchen table, aren't we, Lisa? Literally. Yep. At the kitchen table. And um, we thought we'd talk about, just have a quick conversation about why we're considering this area for this week's podcast. Because the podcast in general is about focusing on solutions to help people spend less time doing the stuff they have to do, so they can spend more time doing the stuff they want to do. But just having more time to do what you want to do is only part of the solution, isn't it? If you don't do something intentional with that time, then you're not really getting a benefit. You could be super slick and organized at work and never late home and never bringing work home and always in a good mood, just like me. (laughs) And then come home and it's all a bit different. (laughs) So we thought it'd be worth considering about how you can apply some of that stuff that we do at work to the home life. And you will always focus on the practical bits because you love it, the productivity, the schedules and so on. And that's something that you're interested in and you want to share that to help other people. For an average family, I don't think it's so obvious what to do with a must-do list. For example, a must-do list might fit easily into corporate work and what you're doing at work and helping you to get things done there. But how does that really translate into getting the sandwiches ready in the morning or ensuring that the kids have got clean pants on? And what does having a schedule with areas blocked off for thinking time got to do with getting homework done? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Or if you need to get to work at 8.30 for a meeting, 
How does having a family dinner the night before help you do that? I think the first thing is to think about the terminology. You might think of a meeting as something that you only do at work, but sitting around the dinner table is a meeting, really. Looking at homework that needs to be done this week is a must-do list. Making three lots of lunches with different ingredients is a project, which you do as part of a routine. And it's interesting, isn't it, that the same people who see the importance at work of having a documented one-to-one with an employee because it affects performance, don't apply the same level of importance to ensuring that everyone in the family knows what everyone else is doing. But these principles, they can help make life so much easier and they directly affect each other. Let's have a look at a bad morning. So you set the alarm for seven o'clock so you can get the kids packed up, ready to drop them at school at 8.30. But what happens in reality? You press snooze for 10 minutes because you didn't sleep well last night, tossing and turning, thinking about the project that's not going well. And then finally you get up at 7.15, all bleary-eyed, and you shout to the kids, we're late, get yourselves up. You get the coffee going and your eldest stands there yawning, making noises about a surprise school trip for tomorrow, which no one knew about, and she needs cash, new clothes and a passport now. You tell her, you'll sort it out tonight, she can just go and do her hair for the moment. It's 7.25, you've had your coffee. Child one leaves the bathroom. Child two asks for cornflakes. Child three is still snoring. At 7.45, you get yourself in the shower, hoping they're getting themselves together. It's eight o'clock, you've had a shave, you've woken your husband up, and you're putting your tie on or something. Child three is dressed and ready, child two's gone back to bed, and child one is currently missing. You grab a loaf of bread, and a pack of meat, three packets of crisps, and assemble them in five minutes with a superpower that wouldn't be out of place in a Marvel comic film. You've got to be out of the door at 8.15, because not only do you have to get the kids dropped off by 8.30, but you've got a meeting at nine o'clock, and you know it's exactly 25 minutes from the school to your parking space. So it's looking good. 10 past eight, two out of three of the kids are ready, the lunches are done, Number one's still AWOL, but she always turns up. It's 8.15. Number one arrives. All three are ready. You've brushed your teeth. Go, go, go. You're in the car. Quick head count. One, two, three, four. Engine on. Mum, I need a letter signed because we're going to the science museum today and you haven't done it. We won't carry on with this scene because this is a family podcast and we don't include swearing. Okay, so let's rewind. If that morning scene is real life, how can we make it better? Well, I think it's simple, but I don't think it's easy. It's simple because you just need to apply what we do at work. But it's not easy because for some reason there's a bit of a disconnect. There's this idea that planning and scheduling is just for work. And if you apply it to home life or your family bits, it just, it feels a bit odd. And that idea feels quite sticky. So why do we separate those two things? Because surely it's all just life. Well, let's, let's have a look at how routines or checklists can help. Let's go back to that morning scene. So why did we press snooze? Because we didn't get enough sleep. Why didn't we get enough sleep? Probably because you can't settle, because you've got so much stuff going on in your head. You've got a massively complicated project to manage at work. 
you're not sure if you've got enough meat-free meat or whatever for Jane's lunch tomorrow and you know that she's going to get upset about it. It's funny, isn't, isn't it? If you think about that, with your work hat on, you could be juggling a multi-million pound construction project with 40 different departments and a team of contractors and an MP, but you're not sure if Jane's got her meat-free stuff for her sandwiches. Why is that so difficult to get Jane's meat-free meat for her sandwiches? or Billy's new shoes in time for the new term, or the grass cut. Why are those things so hard when we do that kind of stuff at work really easily? <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm dying to know who Jane and Billy are. Um, but is it because it feels... It mustn't, bit... We can't reveal to the audience <laughs> that these are fictional children. It's I'd like, never have called my children Jane and it's Billy. It's like a soap opera. It it's, is, isn't it? They have to believe it's real. <laughs> I think seriously going back to it I think it's because if we plan stuff at home it starts to feel false and cold and a bit unemotional but logically I know that if Jane bites into a corned beef sandwich tomorrow as a vegetarian she's going to be very emotional so why don't the two stick together so how do you think we can influence how successful the morning bit is Sorry, who's Jane? <laughs> I thought you knew. Well, it's not just what's happening in any given moment, isn't it? It's the stuff before. So you take that routine for the morning. You could have a routine for the morning, but you also need a routine for the night before because it affects the morning. So if you sleep well, you don't need to press snooze. And if you don't press snooze, then you get 10 minutes margin, which means that that science trip letter can get signed and it's not a big drama. So actually, thinking about having a routine for everything that you do at home can influence not only what happens at home, but what happens at work too. After all, if you don't have the science trip letter crisis, then you're not late for work for your 9am meeting with the Honourable Sir Sidney Postlethwaite MP. He's, I think he's Jane's real dad. <laughs> and so the soap opera continues. But... Seriously, as I said, I think the solution is simple. No, seriously, you said seriously. No, I so did say, so say it seriously. I did say it seriously. It's simple, but it really isn't easy. And it's really simple to draw up a checklist, but it's not easy, Steve, just to make it happen because your habits are driving what we're actually doing with our time. Mm. And I think it goes into a bit of a virtuous circle, and that's the key for me. If you have established end of day routines and that's something that I think you talk about quite a bit don't you hmm. and that in a family environment includes bedtimes preparation for the morning who's doing what and then that in turn leads to more time in the morning because you slept well you haven't got all that stuff going through your head you're arriving to work on time so your mind is clear your day goes well you get home at night and feel better you're seeing the benefits of that nighttime routine and it's having an effect on the morning. And so all of that starts to work really, really well. And it's great theory and all of us understand that. But where, realistically, where do you start? How do you make that happen? Well, I think you've got to work out for yourself what your ingredients are, but there are some key ingredients, I think, that all work. So if you think about what a great morning looks like from the perspective of what we've been discussing, what can you do to influence it? Well. You can choose what you're gonna do the night before that will influence it. So you could have your clothes chosen and laid out. You can have the lunches prepared, do it the evening before instead of doing it in the morning. 
agree with people what time we're expecting people to wake up. And those individual parts about who does what, do people know why it's important to get ready quickly? Because sometimes we don't do the simplest things, do we? Just actually telling people what we want. If you say to the kids, if you get ready quickly, I get to work on time, then I have a good, a good day. I don't come home in a bad mood. I don't need to have an evening meeting with Mr. Prosecco because I've had a crap day and so on. Another good ingredient is defining downtime. So when you go to bed, you don't then spend another hour trying to settle. And planning that downtime in is really important. And there are lots of other routines and checklists which I think are really helpful. And we've spoken about some of those in, in previous podcasts. Yeah. But the, the, the main one for me is meal planning, and I do bang on about it, I know. But that really just saves me a huge amount of time in the week. Um, kits for days out, or if you're away, we've got packing lists to make sure that that process is really quick and slick. Um, planning for Christmas and parties. It's about establishing who's buying what, who's responsible for whatever. And then... Well, look at this morning, sleepover last night, lots of kids. I had to figure out how to cook bacon in 15 different ways because they all wanted something very slightly different. And all I can think is it's a good job that Jane wasn't here because as a vegetarian, I didn't have any meat-free products. (laughs) Okay, so that's routines. Let's have a look at schedules. So the chances are, if I asked you what you're doing at 2.30pm next Tuesday, you could probably tell me because it's in your work calendar. But have you planned what you're doing at 9.30am next Sunday? Well, maybe if you're a football or sports mum, you probably would. But if the kids don't have anything happening at a specific time, it's probably more tricky. Interesting, isn't it? The things that happen at a fixed time at the weekend, like kids' football, rugby, parties, directly impact how much other time we've got left. But the important stuff the time together, the time to talk about what's going on, those things don't seem to have a defined time. We don't plan to talk or plan to meet, and sometimes we don't even plan to have dinner together. If you're looking at a work calendar, I advocate only putting two things on it. Things that have to happen at a certain time and date, like an appointment, and blocks of time for certain activities. Yet often, we don't block our calendars off at home with kids' time or downtime or meal time, or homework time, or sexy time. Often we just go with the flow. We have this vague idea that some things need to happen and we just make them fit. But yet, they could be the most important things in our lives. Yeah, but what about spontaneity? Because we don't want a weekend where everything is planned to the minute. I'm not saying we should. Actually, you shouldn't try to plan too much because if it all goes wrong, you'll end up not doing it. But I'm talking about thinking with some intention to treat family time or dinner time as important. As important as anything else that we might put into a calendar. So how can a calendar or schedule help? What could go on to a family or household schedule that helps bring work and home life together? Well, I think there's important things like homework time. Um, As the kids get older, they, they are planning most of that themselves, but still need help. And I like to link that with certain activities. So If one of them wants to go out with their mates on Thursday, that's fine, but they have to make sure that homework is done on a Tuesday. We need to plan out our family time, all of us together. So we all know that on Saturday afternoon, we're going to do something. Or the kids planning time out with their pals. 
Or for you and I, if we want to do something together, there are certain activities that need to happen so that we can do that stuff, like arranging a babysitter. Yeah, absolutely. Here's another one. Shopping time. Why would you plan to put shopping time on your calendar? If you link it to something like Wonderlist or Evernote, so you've already got planned what you want to buy, that then can save you the mad dash on the way home on a Wednesday after work to grab dinner. And we do that, don't we? We, we use Wonderlist, so if you're at Sainsbury's and I think of something we need or vice versa... I like Wonderlist because if I find something missing out of the cupboards, I'll just stick it on there. And I know that whichever one of us makes it to the supermarket first, um, it, it all of that stuff still gets done. It still gets picked up. And I don't have to remember to tell you at the point that you're at the supermarket. Yeah, And because you spend time doing the meal plan, so there's a, there's a checklist or routine for you doing the meal plan, that means then that stuff goes on to Wonderlist. And then if we've set aside some time to do shopping, we've both already made the decision about... Are we both going on a Sunday afternoon? Are you going because I'm in the car on the way up the country? And we already know what's expected. So you don't have those difficult conversations about, should we both go? Are you staying? Are you going? Not only does that mean that when you get to the supermarket, it's a quicker experience because you've already given some thoughts of what you're going to buy, but also you're buying exactly the right stuff. So coming back to the point again about on Wednesday, on the way home from work, you're not suddenly doing that mad dash because you've got nothing in for dinner. It's the same with chores. If you commit to chores in writing, there's a better chance of you getting them done. And the simple act of putting some time on the calendar for gardening or cleaning or whatever it is, I'm not suggesting that you put the individual jobs on the calendar. That's what a to-do list is for. But um, setting aside some time to do that kind of activity, you've you've both or the whole family has given it some thought. And and then again, you're not sort of, you know, trying to see what mood someone else is in or... Is it a bit too much to ask at the moment for someone to take their bins out? You know, that kind of stuff. Birthdays and anniversaries, they're fairly obvious. But then there's the associated planning for them as well. So if you're taking, um, what's the names of our fictional children? Billy. And Jane. Billy and Jane. If you're taking Billy to a party on Saturday, then you're planning in that you're going to pick up the gift on Thursday. So again, you haven't got that mad dash. Another one that's important to us is review time. So this is spending half an hour on Sunday just to look at the week ahead. Lisa, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, this is really important for me because obviously you're here, there and everywhere. So just me understanding where you are on certain days helps me to think about meal times and what else I need to pick up because you're not going to be home till late or you've got an overnight or what have you. That for me is really important in terms of kind of thinking ahead. And also there's a... There's a bit of a feedback loop there as well because because I know we've had the conversation and I know you know what I'm doing. There's a sense of 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 what's the word? Not developmental because I can't say that. There's a sense of obligation that actually we've already made a commitment. We both know what the other person's doing. So then you can focus on the thing you have to do without worrying about does she know I'm going to be home late tonight or have we had the conversation about me being away and that kind of stuff as well. So, But also that review time in terms of what the kids are doing and which child is where and who has homework to do and that kind of stuff. It, it is time really, really well spent. So that's, that's, the, that's the stuff you could put onto a calendar. What's the best way to do it? You could do it on paper. You could do it on calendar. You could do it on an app. What do you think? Well, Google Calendar is great because it can be color-coded and everyone's got it on their smartphones. So you can come together once a week to update it, check everyone knows what's happening. 
And that in itself can be a really useful tool. I also learned that uh, recently from the episode that I did with Mike Broderick that you can use Google List and something else. You'll have to go back and listen to the episode where you can just tell your phone to put something into the calendar. It's really cool. Anyway, it's getting stuffy in here, Steve. So let's go back to the kitchen and have a cup of tea. Good idea. Okay, so we've done checklists or routines and schedules. So what else? Goals. (laughs) Goals? Yeah. Well, we did two episodes on goals and goal tracking before, didn't we? Yeah, but surely goals are definitely for work, for planning meetings, performance reviews. Well, we set goals, didn't we, this year ourselves for personal stuff and... I'm mindful we're a bit drifting into the whole work-life balance thing again, but many people feel the need to keep work and home life separate. But if we achieve things at work, you're not a different person to the person who's achieving them with your family. I think it's a Western thing to keep these things separate. But in my view, if you're going to be motivated to be successful in one part of your life, then it could directly link to another. Okay, well, give us an example. All right, so let's say you set yourself a personal goal to uh, go to a workshop on, on doing something to develop yourself. Maybe um, confidence when speaking in public. So that can have a direct effect on how effective you are at work when it comes to doing a presentation. Or you might have a work goal to, create, to complete a project, which in turn uh, earns you a bonus, which directly affects something you could do with your family. In David Allen's Getting Things Done book, He sets horizons for life, and at the top level, they're about you as a whole person. So that includes family you, work you, and and so on. What could you set as a goal that links work you and family you? Well, I think the obvious one is to spend more time with your family. Yeah, or you could set a goal of setting up the schedules or checklists that we've talked about earlier. What about goals for the family? Well, we know, don't we, there's good resource at mytimemanagement.com. And this shows you how to specifically plan family goals. And they talk about tangible goals, like a holiday or a toy or a material thing that you want to have or do. But I like the intangible stuff that they help you with, like planning more quality time or being more compassionate. Yeah, and as well as family goals, you can also have financial goals that relate to savings, getting out of debt or looking at investments, developmental (laughs) goals developmental goals um, that we've touched on before, like listening to a great podcast every week um, or reading a developmental book a month or even attending something practical to improve your skills at gardening or public speaking or stand-up comedy. And I guess what we're saying is there's lots of different ways to go about it. And Steve, you used the Michael Hyatt method when we did ours, I think. Yeah, and there's loads of ways you can do it. The key thing is doing it with some intention. You are going to decide to sit down with everyone else that's in your family and set some goals for something. And it'll feel a bit really weird and odd at first doing that because it it comes back to the same theme of the whole podcast. It feels like a worky thing to do. But if you do it, it can make a huge difference. The key is involving everyone, not just in the content, but also in the agreement on how you're going to monitor it how you're going to plan it. So we printed ours off and we put them up in a frame on the wall. And I can tell you now that we've done 11 out of 20 of them. 
And we only check in occasionally. We don't have like a rigid sort of formal review process. We just have a look every now and again and think, oh, we'd forgotten about that. Let's, let's think about that in these next few weeks. But if that works better for you, then do it that way. So you could go back to the old episode on goals. I think it was 18 and 19. Mm-hmm. And you've put lots of resource to use on there. But the important thing is to make sure that you do it from a family perspective or a whole person perspective. So family and work combined or even just a totally non-work perspective. I think what I'm going to do though, Steve, I'm going to look for... Why did you make a funny voice there? (laughs) I don't know, did I? (laughs) Because I thought of something funny. What are you going to do, Lisa? (laughs) I'm going to find a workshop on stand-up comedy and then maybe you can write some funny jokes for when we're doing this. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Well, at least this week we haven't heard from Steve in the field. Maybe I should set that as a goal. Always ignore his phone calls. That'd be a great goal. Anyway, we've forgotten about one important goal. In the studio, you said we're going to have a cup of tea. So listeners, why don't you have a cup of tea and give this some thought. Are there parts of your life that would benefit from a checklist or a better routine? Or how you could use a schedule to plan the really important stuff, not just the things that have to happen? And maybe bring it all together by setting some goals with your family and decide with some intention about what you want out of the next week, month or year for all the different yous that occupy your body. The work you, the family you and the you, you. Come on then you, let's have a cup of tea. So plenty of solutions there. All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do and I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. If you want to invest in any of the books or other resource that we talk about, we've got a resource page on the website. The tab is called Get Stuff. And if you click on any of the links and buy anything, it won't cost you any more, but it gives us a few pence towards the gear and my time to help us make this podcast what it is. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe, or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye.